Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddy. Will you marry me? Yes. I was asking the audience. It's oh. like a, I haven't met them before, most of them, and so it's like a surprise, like, hi, what's up? I'm Griffin, and that's all you get. Marry me, sucker. What's up? You're my betrothed now. What's up? I got you. Hey, Griffin. Yes. Uh, I just met you. Oh. And this is crazy. Okay. Marry me. Baby. Baby, please make it rhyme. God, I'm dying over here. <laughs> we just watched a show, a really peculiar little program called Married at First Sight, and it is what it says on the tin, folks. Some folks are marrying each other without having met each other or seen each other or sighted each other. But Griffin, don't worry. These are experts. These are. We have three experts, which is... Y- you only need the one expert. But they threw an extra two up on tops. These are experts, and they take it very seriously. This is a very serious responsibility. Um, And they take it very seriously, because the responsibility is serious, and so they are serious about the responsibility. (laughs) This social experiment, they are doing experiments with sort of social issues, responsibly speaking, these experts are. Holy fucking shit, dog. We just watched Married at First Sight. Well, um, it, it just watch the first two episodes. Yeah, they should rename it "Bored" by second episode. Because here's <laughs> here's the structure. I don't want to be I don't want to be cruel at the jump, but the structure of it is it focuses on three couples. There's like a preview episode that sort of shows how the matchmaking process works. Which we watched, which we watched, and then there's an episode about before the wedding, and then there's a wedding episode, and then there's a wedding night episode. Which I do not know how they stretch that into yeah. one hour of programming. Well, maybe. Uh, well, I guess it depends on how <laughs> long and strong you take it to Pound Town. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! What was? It's like if we were doing a radio show, that would be the sound effect. Of an air, that was an air <laughs> I need it again, please. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. I'm going to give you some, because I know that there's a lot of DJs that listen to this, and they may want to cut this into their next mixtape, so I'm going to leave some, give it a, a little bit of silence here. <laughs> please, give me the whoa, 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 whoa. Give me that, all right. I'm going to give some silence, and you're going to give that. You need to cue me in. I need to all right, have something all right. to whoa about. Um... Say something about Pound Town again. <laughs> Taking it, it depends on how long and okay, but give it a pause because again, the DJs need that clean audio. Uh, it depends on how long and strong you can take it to Pound Town. You sound like fucking Super Mario sixty four when he's wobbling on the edge of a cliff. That doesn't sound so much like an air. Okay, but it was good. I don't get the reference. You're more of a Sonic fan. Yep. We've talked about that a lot this week. So, uh, yeah. So, the, yeah, there's like a wedding night episode, and then there's a honeymoon episode, and then there's a moving in episode, and then there's a, hey, y'all still want to stay married episode? Because after yeah. eight weeks, they have a kill switch, essentially. Um, the, what other, before we like get into the recapping parts of it, what other like sort of background should we give um, on the whole show? Because we really did not watch a lot of it because... This is the fifth season. Yeah. Um, they tell us at the beginning of this that there have been 12 weddings and a third are still happily married, which I'm not clear how they define happily. I think they just mean married. <laughs> yeah, still. <laughs> uh, not a great hit rate. 
just but, generally speaking. I mean, considering they just met the day of their wedding, not Yeah, sure. Terrible. It is it is under the under the national average, I think, pretty pretty significantly. Yeah. I guess it is for this show, for like what it is and the fact that it is still a television show that people are It's better than The Bachelor. Yeah, I as guess far it as is. The marriage rate. It hasn't been on as long as The Bachelor though, True. but um so the show like bills itself as a modern twist, a modern take on arranged marriage, and I want to like I don't feel like you and I are even remotely uh, qualified no. to discuss arranged marriage because we both come from cultures where like autonomous marriage is absolutely the the norm, and mm-hmm. I feel like I I I am just not equipped to to discuss it. Uh, so like I don't feel uh, equipped to really talk about it, except for the fact that like I do feel equipped to talk about this show because this show is not that I feel like maybe on the very, very surface level, but like everybody here opted into it. Everybody here auditioned for it, which is not true for arranged marriages as like a cultural thing at all. Also like it is a fucking television ass show, which you know, because they really do let you know that it's a a bold new social experiment. And there are lots of people who are you're meeting who you're like, Oh, you are obviously trying to get all up on a television show. And if you have to get married to do that a little bit, then so be it. Uh, should we talk about the first episode we watched? Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so the first episode we watch is actually the matchmaking special. Um, and this show, by the way, is on the Lifetime Network. Thank you, Lifetime. Thank you, Lifetime. The show um, does their casting in Chicago. Uh, and I think they do a different city every season, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um 40,000 people applied. This is this, show. this is bananas to me. That's a grip of people. That is so many fucking people. Yeah. That's so many people. They're going to get married. That's so many people. It's interesting to me. There's a big age range too. Like I think we see somebody as young as 24 uh and then I think we see somebody in their mid to late 30s. Um and 24 i would love for a television show to get me married right now i mean i guess that's what the bachelor and bachelorette is so maybe i shouldn't talk yeah. a bunch of a bunch yeah. of smack uh so as the intro to the show we we find out that uh though these individuals be married as strangers there's a lot of expertise and uh science going into this they use a quote plethora of data uh there are sociological evaluations uh, they are matched for the highest potential, and all experts are using iPads. That's so. the best shit. We use a lot of scientific <laughs> data, and it shows people just punching data into like iPads, and it's like, it can't be that much, because that is not the most efficient way to interact with data at all. Uh, and, and yeah, and they use social experiment a lot, which I was asking Griffin, I was like, why does that sound so familiar? And he said, oh, well, they use that on Are You the One? Yeah, whenever you hear that, just go ahead and assume. But for Are You the One, it's like, okay, well, this is just going to be, you know, sort of a, 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 a trashy party in a big house, and maybe one or two of the couples will be dating. And so I'm okay with calling that a social experiment. This is people get married, yeah. and that's a pretty high stakes experiment, it feels like. Well, and what is the control group here exactly? <laughs> Us, I guess. <laughs> Um, we also find out that, uh, individuals undergo a psychological evaluation too. Um, so there's, there's pieces to it. Um, but when it comes down to matching, what you end up hearing about is not the data. 
at all. But we'll get to that. I mean, okay, we're talking about data. They didn't fucking sample their DNA and we're like, ooh, well, this, <laughs> th- he's got the love chromosome. Like, it's not that. It's you punch in like a hundred answers into a survey and then we get like a clip of somebody talking like, yeah, the survey was very extensive. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I still don't, that works for like match.com, right? Like that's how those systems work. Yeah. That doesn't feel super scientific. That doesn't feel like hyper. And, and, and I guess it is successful for those platforms or whatever, but like you can't call your shit a bold social, social experiment where three experts match you using like all kinds of scientific data. Well, yeah. And, we don't really get to see the questions on the survey. We get the interview portion, which is what happens after. Gotta meet these three experts. So Holy shit. After uh, they get the 40,000 that apply, over 200 are invited to small group workshops uh, where uh, they are going to be um, more deeply informed of the process and then interviewed with the three experts. These workshops, like especially the ones talking to the dudes, Reminded me so much of the scene in Wet Hot American Summer where Amy Poehler is like leading the drama class. Like, this is serious, guys. This is this is really serious stuff. You're going to get married at the end of this. Yeah. And if you don't like that, stand up and walk out of this room. Uh, so first we see the interview section where uh, they are undergoing, quote, sexology evaluations by a uh, relationship and sex expert. Is that a word? I don't think so. Maybe it is in this community of experts. I've heard of sexnology, and that's just sex technology. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. sexology, you know about sexnology, right? Um, yes. Robobutts, mm-hmm. um, internet PPs. Do you know about sexpology? What's that? Uh, it's when you... Every time I make love, I do administer a sexpology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then there's sexthropology, which is anthropology is yeah, sex. It's store. like you have sex, but you can also buy some really cute like, like uh, dresser knobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's great. Every time we make love, I hand you a small dresser knob, and they never match. But you're always so charmed by it. Like, where'd you get no. that? I'm like Amelie. But it's delightful. Yeah. Uh, where do we? Where do I even get these knobs from? I'll tell you where. Sexthropology. Oh, I was gonna say like my. Bud or something. No, we invented a store. Why wouldn't you say the store? The we store's just in my butt. That's ridiculous. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm not going to yes and you anymore. Yeah, That's I didn't know stupid. I was on fucking Shark Tank. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to have my business sh- shot out of the fucking sky by Mark Cuban over there. So, I hate your butt store. Thanks, Mark. Uh, oh, no, wait. <laughs> Let me clean my glasses. You're my wife. Don't. I'm sorry. I can't. There's only so many things I can play along with, Griffin. <laughs> a butt store. You've gone too far. It's an anthropology that exists in my butt. And when I osmosis Jones style, and when I need to, I can go in there and I can get little dresser knobs. Can I talk about the sexology evaluations? Yes. Oops. Kicked my trash can. Uh, So individuals are asked um, whether uh, they have strong feelings about different sexual acts. Um, Specifically, examples include whether they've had a same-sex experience, uh, how they feel about oral sex, if they have any deal breakers, uh, which I think is interesting because one of the people being interviewed is like, can you give me some examples? (laughs) They just want to be dirty. Well, she's like, you don't have to have them. I know what yours is now. Fucking if if you have an anthropology in your butt. And kick you right out of bed for eating crackers. 
No, I'm not kicking you out of bed for eating crackers. I'm kicking you out of bed because you said that you have a store in your butt when I didn't you get just say, I didn't just say it. I meant it. <laughs> I've got a little anthropology in there, and it's right next to a little crate and barrel. I've got a whole avenue of just sort of, you know, ritzy, sort of you can go and you can buy. All right, I'll compromise. Is there a web store? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, well, I would go There's to a that. Warby Parker in the, in the butt also, like one of their brick and mortars. They're really excited about it. But you can also like go online if you need to. Yeah, see, I would prefer to go online, I think. All right. The crowds, you know. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't want to wait in line in your butt. Uh, okay, so this is where we start meeting some of the individuals that were selected to get to this round. Um, and coincidentally, a lot of the people we meet are the ones that we end up following. On yeah, the they show. really only like sort of hone into about 12 people and then we meet them. And then by the end, we are down to six, and the three super couples. Super oversimplified. Like, yeah. like I accurately predicted two of the three couples that were going to be on this show because of the way they were oversimplified. Which I don't know if that is a result of them asking them a lot of questions and then the editing trying to like call yeah. it down to a more digestible package or if these fucking people legit thought like, you're Italian, you're Italian, bada bing, bada boom. You're yeah. ma- that means you're married. You're what? Um, Baptist and you're, you said Lutheran? Close enough. Get the fuck in yeah. here. No, and so we meet, for example, Griffin's referring to uh, the man Anthony, who is 32, a marketing executive and Italian. Uh, and later we meet Ashley, who is a 30, a bar manager, and hey, also Italian. Guess what? Both of them find family very important. Uh oh. End of similarity. Literally, end of similarities. <laughs> We're done. They're both Italian and they both want big families. So, all of these um, profiles and psychological evaluations and sociological evaluations. Ultimately, if you just check the Italian box, it seems- and, and also uh, it, it, there's an Italian box and you check it and then there's a little nested thing in there like you want a big family or a small family. It's like, well, big family. It's like, oh, we've got the match for you. Uh, should I how should I introduce the couples? I don't know if I should do it as we're going through the sections or. Yeah, I think you can introduce it as we're going through the sections. Okay. I also don't think we should waste any time talking about the packages of the people who didn't make it because they yeah. weren't worthy. They weren't worthy of love. <laughs> Uh, next, we meet Sheila. Sheila is 30. Uh, she is very family-oriented, um, is very faith-oriented, believes very strongly in the sanctity of marriage. Um, two other things, just little anecdotes. Uh, she has a small dog. Uh, and also, she's never had an orgasm. So I know more about Sheila now than probably a lot of her exes do. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe her exes think they know one thing, but the truth is different. <laughs> women oh, what well, are they doing no i don't i would take it back because i don't want those <laughs> words those particular words in my mouth um uh yeah and so sheila seems also like a strong candidate for the show and hey she also gets end up ends up being picked uh next we meet the uh, two brothers we meet charlie and cody Charlie is 24, is a contractor, and lives in the country. And his brother, Cody, is 26, lives in the city, is a gym owner. Uh, they both grew up I in- already forgot both their names. <laughs> Charlie and you, Cody. Okay, you literally just said them, and my brain was like, doop, boop, don't need that. <laughs> Think about something else. Uh, Cody feels that Charlie is kind of a hillbilly, and Charlie 
criticizes Cody for being not handy at all. <laughs> City mouse, country mouse. Burn that motherfucker. Uh, so here's what's interesting. At, at later in the episode, and we'll talk about it, the experts sit down and review the candidates, and they decide that Charlie is too young. Uh, Get and back in there, little fish. Get back in that ocean. limited by his location, whereas Cody, two years older, ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. 26, ready to fucking Gym party. Gym owner. Gym owner. He's got his whole life Very on track. Let's get this thing going. Hey, that's a pretty wild thing. Um, I remember when Travis and I were both single and we both moved from Huntington to Cincinnati. It was like our first time moving away from home. And I, you guys I, hit the scene together. Yeah. And I, well, I told him like, let's go get, um, let's go to a marrying reality show to both <laughs> try and get married together and let's see what happens. If you, this is interesting because I don't have any siblings, as you know, as evidenced by the fact that you just said siblings. <laughs> How do you say it? Siblings. You don't say siblings? No, no but I, I love it so much better. No, don't say <laughs> that. that I, no, it's good. I love it. I'm sorry I made fun of it. <laughs> no, I love it. Again. No, babe. <laughs> um, uh, what was your question? Oh, my question was, do you feel like your brothers could pick out a suitable lady and or have they ever tried to huh. set you up with anyone before? No, they never tried. Um this is a good question. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I think they could. Yeah, I absolutely think they could. I think mm-hmm. they know me extremely well, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they have been critical of like mm-hmm. when I was dating in the, in the, in the past, obviously when I was still in Huntington, they would, they would share their criticisms from time to time of the people that I was seeing. Yeah. And in hindsight, looking back, I was like, yep, yep, yep. That all checks right out. Um, so you guys never tried to set each other up with anyone? No, God, no. You have to understand that's an enormous breach of what you're describing. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and, um, put the kibosh on this has never happened in the history of time. No, I don't think that's no sibling has ever been like, I gotta make sure my, my my, my sibling is like getting, getting going. (laughs) I feel like if I had a sister and she was older than me and she was in a serious relationship, I could see her being like, hey, you know what? You should go out with my coworker. He seems like a good match for you. I could see that happening. That seems reasonable. Up to up to a certain age, though, there is no, I think that siblings just kind of, at the very best, are neutral, but like most of the time are impeding your, your quest for <laughs> love or intimacy or whatever. Mm. Okay. Well, I learned something. Yeah. If I'm, oh. uh, there's probably exceptions out there. Um, but I think that, and, and I don't want to like paint a bad picture of my, of my siblings. I'm just saying like, when you're fucking like 18 or whatever, like it's oh, yeah. not, there's very, no. there's very little going through your I mind of like, gotta help my. I wasn't suggesting it was happening in high school, but I mean, there was a period of time when you were an adult and single and I was just curious. Yeah. Uh, next up. So we just did the sexology evaluation. This is uh, real quick about re-sexology. Of all this other stuff, I check a box, right? I'm Italian. I love a big family. I have 10 dogs and I, you know, love NASCAR. Check, 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 check. If that now our shit like lines up on a grid and it's like, oh, you also hit all those same bubbles. Cool. We have 10 points. Whoever has the most points gets married. Mm. How do you, these questions, yeah, I like a finger in my butt from time to time. I like a finger right on my on my anthropology store from time to time. <laughs> that is so I feel like that is real real this I this idea of because I feel like this expert exists to answer the question of like, oh, well what if they're not physically attracted to each other? This expert talks about like, well, 
You know, they talk about like, that's their biggest fear. What if I'm not attracted? Well, that's my job is to make sure they will be. And that is bananas because you cannot. I appreciate it. It feels very sex positive to me. No, it's absolutely sex positive. I'm specifically talking about sexual chemistry, which is not a thing that like on paper you can like guarantee. True. You cannot. You can't guarantee any of this, Griffin. No, I know. But the the rest of it may be a little bit more, right? Like I'm Lutheran, you're Lutheran. There's like a spiritual dude. It's like, okay, cool. This one's like, if if I go through a checklist, it's like, what kind of eyes do you like? What kind of nose? What kind of mouth? What type of body? What type of X, Y, and Z do you find attractive, ideal? And then somebody could walk in with like, like all that stuff and you'd still yeah. be like mm. like it's it, it gets, the spark could still not be there I, of course of course but i appreciate that they are not setting people up to be in a relationship where there is zero potential of sexual fulfillment they are absolutely they are, they are asking a question of you know how adventurous would you rate yourself let's say and they're not going to match somebody if they're with somebody that is not remotely. I guess so. that's true. It's good that they're so, it's yeah. good that they're trying. It's just like this is the I largest agree. like yeah. uh, extension of disbelief. It's an I oversimplification. Feel like. Yeah. like how do you like to kiss? Well, first I put my tongue up and then down and then left and then right and then what if somebody was like, well, no, but I do down first. And they'd be yeah. like, well, this well, get the work. fuck out of here. I do the electric <laughs> slide. That's how I learned how to kiss. I do the I do the the Charlie Brown. <laughs> how low can you go? Move it back now, y'all. You're doing two different songs now. Freeze. You're doing the cha-cha slide. Everybody clap your hands. When I, you know how every time we uh, make out, <laughs> I do the Charlie Brown and I clap my hands for a while? Uh, yeah, I never got that. Now yeah. I know. We'd like sit in the back of a dark movie theater watching a scary movie and I'd be like, move a little bit closer, babe. You'd be like, oh, you smell so good. And I'd say, yeah, it's the Michael Jordan cologne. And then you <laughs> lean in and we start smooching. And then I freeze and you're like, what's he doing? And then... Yeah. I did the whole thing. Now I know. Yeah. I never knew. And I never asked at all either. You know why I get so horny at weddings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this episode has taken a turn already. Well, I feel like we don't have a lot to talk about. So I'm back. <laughs> I want to get to the next evaluation. We just did sexology. Okay. Now we're in the spiritual evaluation. Yeah. So for spiritual evaluations, they bring in a pastor who has been a relationship counselor for 20 years. Uh, and he also takes this very seriously. What if he was just like, nah, this is, I'm just sticking around. Come on. This is a paycheck. Here we go. Uh, so this is where we meet, uh, Nate, who is 25. He is a enterprise rent a car manager. He was all American in basketball. Um, and faith and family are very important to him. And I'm thinking that reminds me of a woman named Sheila I met earlier in the episode. Hey, guess yeah. what? They get, they matched. get married. Um, Another thing that's really important to him is that he has a queen who he can start an empire with. And the reason I know that is because he said it 400,000 yeah. times in the two episodes that we watched. Very interested in finding a queen. To start an empire with. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's under the Enterprise Rent a Car label or not, but maybe he wants to, I don't know, if maybe he wants to own Enterprise with her. That would be an empire. Oh, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it either. Okay, so... In this moment with the spiritual evaluations, they talk a lot about the biggest fears people have about being married at first sight. And the pastor says that over and over again, he hears from people, they are worried they won't be attracted to their future spouse. That is a very surface level thing. And also, of course, the most common response to all this stuff. Yeah. Um, And then we get a little montage of everybody saying their physical type. 
Uh, next is this sociological evaluation. Wait, why were they talking to the, the spiritual guy about hot bods and not I don't know, cool gods? He, I mean, he, across all the experts, they ask questions that cross areas. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Uh, sociological evaluations. This is where we meet the very talented, the very wise Dr. Pepper. Her name, ladies I forgot, and I forgot, and her I'm just basking. Her name is Dr. Pepper. Yeah, her name is Dr. Pepper. Um, she, it's basically like, I feel like she maybe has the toughest job of all, because it's like, the sexology one is like, you like, butt knobs, cool, and the spiritual one is like, you're Lutheran, she's Lutheran, cool. And then she, Dr. Pepper, gets everything else. I love Dr. Pepper, because she goes to their home and looks through their fridge and their cabinets and their cars. Ashley had, it was Ashley, I think, had shoes in several of her kitchen cabinets. And the last thing I want to do is fucking turn my dial to Andrew Dice Clay and break off the knob and go on a whole shoe run. I am mostly mystified by, we have a fairly large kitchen, and I feel like I'm always desperate for more space in there. I know. I don't get, I don't get using it for, for accessories and footwear. Well, when you live with somebody, though, you have more dishes. That's fair. And then you also have things like waffle makers, because you envision a life where you and your partner make waffles together all the time. Yeah, we haven't done that that much. Huh? It hasn't gotten a whole lot of use. Um, another thing is that you put your feet in there and you touch your toes up against it and you put it <laughs> next to like the p- p- plates and pots and pans and pepper and Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and I don't like that. I don't fuck with that. No way. I keep my underwear drawer next to the meat cooler. Like, gross. What if your underwear flex get on my ribs? Oh, but wouldn't nice, cool underwear be a treat in the summertime? Yeah, it would. <laughs> it would, babe. There you go. We should keep some in the crisper. I would do... Well, we have a bunch of super water zero down. We have a whole super water... Well, it's vitamin <laughs> it's water. vitamin water. It's vitamin water zero, but we literally just dedicated one entire crisper drawer to <laughs> vitamin water zero. Um, rip, rip super water. Thank you. Um, so this is when we meet Ashley, as Griffin mentioned. She's 30. She's a bar manager, Italian. Family is very important to her. She's needs a gregarious man. Uh, which I guess is Anthony, although he didn't, he didn't strike really, me. No, he seemed kind of funny. He had a couple jokes okay. in there. Um, here we meet some other men who I think have only been chosen because they are living in a crazy environment. Um, um, so there was one dude who was like a very well put together gentleman who like uh, when Dr. Pepper came to his house, he was like, these are my $8,000 shoes. Come on. Um, <laughs> and he quits the show. They were yeah. like, whoa, we're really into him. So they we were going to pick him. And then he called and said, hey, no which thanks. is they were going to pick him for Ashley, I think. And then no. they, yeah, because really? yeah. Uh, and then they didn't because he quit the show. How's your sliding doors doing, Anthony? Are they pretty wild right now? Because sliding doors, man, while you were sleeping. No, that one doesn't work. Sliding doors, man. Butterfly effect with Ashton Kutcher. Like, Mm -hmm. anything's possible. Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park. Jurassic World, man. Open your eyes. There's something about Mary. Something's going on with Mary. (laughs) They're just naming movies now. Curly Uh, Sue. I know, man. You ever see Curly Sue? No. It's got uh, that Belushi guy in it. I love... Wait. Okay, okay. It's Jim. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, next up, we meet Danielle. Oh, yeah, Danielle. 
Danielle, 30. She's a dietitian. Um, Wait a minute. Dietitian? That kind of sounds like gym owner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she has dogs. Uh, she refers to herself as kind of a, a country person, uh, even though she lives in the city. And that's when they think, Cody. Whoa, what are you setting off that foghorn for? Oh, wait. Cody. Oh. Cody is a gym owner. Uh, he lives in a small town. We the, should match them together. This is the most buckwild pairing of all of them based on their reasoning, which was literally like, she is a nutritionist. He has a gym. Both of those are health related. He lives in the country. There are animals in the country and she has a dog, which is an animal. Let's fucking go <laughs> for animal. life. For life. Uh, and we meet some other people who don't end up getting picked. Uh, and so the next part is the three people in a room. The individual research is over. Now the three experts meet to combine data. And this is where they go through the individuals and kind of tick off what they liked and didn't like and what would make them a good match to somebody else. There is shockingly very little disagreement between these three parties like none basically literally like one of them will say like well he's italian and wants a big family and she's italian and wants a big family so i think they should be married forever and the other two are like yeah sounds great that's also <laughs> what i thought but we are told over and over again that they are putting their expertise their integrity on the line and science to the test uh an annulment is not an option no, so I guess that these are like legally, yeah, that's, I know that they are because they say legally binding marriage about a hundred times also. Um, this is, I cannot stress this enough. They are literally shipping human beings with the most limited set of data that you could ever imagine based on what we see, right? Maybe there's a lot of, deep stuff happening under the surface that we 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 don't really experience um but for the most part they're like i think those two would be cute together and they're both lutheran let's let's go it it's it's i i, I don't know really what i was expecting but like if you're gonna have an entire i mean marriage but also like seven episodes of television just about the same three couples and every episode's an hour long like feels like you should really do a pretty good job putting those yeah. couples together and based on what we saw it was literally it was he likes dogs she has a dog and this marriage is, this is where griffin and i got into the conversation of we don't think we would be matched through this process super no because all of the superficial things that one might match a person to somebody else we don't really have in common yeah like i I, I think they would look at me and be like, well, he grew up in the, you know, in the country. He grew up in West Virginia for mm -hmm. most of his life. So we got to find video him, games. He plays video games. We got to find him a geeky country gal. And it's like, that ain't you no. at all. No. Um, like, it's just, it's. Unless those surveys or interviews happen to mention uh, a program like Quantum Leap. Um, I like, I love Quantum Leap. I know. But, I, but it would. It, I don't think it would track. I don't it think it would chart on my mouth. list. No, I don't think in this interview process about marriage, I would ever say the words, <laughs> you know what I really liked was Quantum Leap. Yeah. I, I watched it with true. my dad. What's up? <laughs> like, no, that just wouldn't happen. Yeah. It's, 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 I try not to, I, I talking about this, I feel cornball of just like, this isn't how it works. Like, 
this level of, hey, I'm a stranger and I know 10 things about you and uh, they sound like the 10 things that I know about this other stranger. So I think y'all should, I think y'all should be married now. Like that, that surface level stuff is so, in my experience, like so not that important compared to the more like intangible shit that you kind of got to get, get down deep into the, into the muck to, to know. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was weird. They, they seem to really tout their lengthy evaluations. And then ultimately the conversations were just reduced to like, she likes country and so does he, let's put them together. In the next episode though, they even back down on that and they're like, you know, she's got a city vibe and he's got a country vibe that I think would work really well together. And when she said that, I was like, Dr. Pepper, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, one thing uh, that's super interesting too is that when they're having this little meeting uh, where they're pooling their data, they name the couples and they say things like, We have decided that they are going to be a couple. (laughs) (laughs) There's some really like Orwellian, you are engaged because of me now. Uh, there's a funny moment that they repeat where they talk about one of the couples, which is uh, Anthony and Ashley. And they say, Anthony is going to think Ashley is beautiful. And Anthony's personality is going to win Ashley over. Jesus, God. <laughs> it's pretty rough. It's an ice cold burn. Um, hey, baby, real quick. Can I steal you away? Uh-oh. What are you doing? I thought it was going to be like a choir thing because you're holding your diaphragm Mm -hmm. the whole time. And then I remixed it. Wasn't expecting that. They don't typically, well, it's like a pitch perfect. Remix is just where you change halfway through, right? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, that's what I did. I remixed. All the best best DJs, they'll be playing, um, you know, Night Fever. And then I'll get about halfway through the song, mm-hmm. and then they'll just flip it over to "My Heart Will Go On" from the Titanic soundtrack, mm-hmm. and it's like, "Whoa, cool remix!" Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interruptive, but I really appreciate the <laughs> two pieces that you put together—the two completely different genres. Um, hey, babe, can you tell me everything that you know in the whole world about Wink? Yes, I can. Uh, so many of you have realized, but if you have not. The perfect thing to do while watching a reality television show is to drink a glass of wine. Uh, but how do you find the glass of wine that you want for the show that you like? Just go to trywink.com. That's W-I-N-C.com. Take a brief palate profile quiz and Wink will recommend distinct and interesting wines. Actually customize your palate to be shipped directly to your door every month. Uh, and right now Wink is offering listeners $20 off your first order when you go to trywink.com dot com slash rose buddies it'll even cover the cost of shipping that's trywink spelled t-r-y-w-i-n-c dot com slash rose buddies to get twenty dollars off your first order we can personally guarantee that their palette matching profile is more scientific than the matching <laughs> tests that uh the contestants on married at first sight are yeah put i did it i got a, a few reds and and a few whites and and some uh some dessert wines and they were delicious they were really really tasty uh i have a jumbotron message this one is for alicia and it's from clinton who says hello alicia this is your husband clinton i am talking to you from inside the podcast 
I love you, and I'm likely sitting next to you right now. You may kiss me now if you like. <laughs> That's adorable. Uh, sorry. You may kiss me now if you like. I gotta read it in this voice. <laughs> it's a little creepy, though. Maybe a little bit. I am likely sitting next to you right now. <laughs> you may kiss me now if you like. Thank you for dating me for the right reasons, because I do love you. Happy birthday, Christmas, and Valentine's Day. Nice. I'm done for the next year of gift giving. This what? is... This what is, a perfect it's message. Like, right. I was gonna say, like, goodness per word, like, the ratio yeah. is so fucking choice here. Do you think you went here. through a few drafts? It seems very appropriate. I, it's, yeah, I think you used every character that we allow for the Jumbotron messages. Um, I'm going to read the second one so I don't have to hand my heavy computer over to you. Please do. It is for Justine, and it's from Kelly. That's almost the name of that one American <laughs> Idol movie. And I bet they, oh, I said it, and I bet they hate hearing that. I bet they do. Uh, happy early or belated birthday. I've been so lucky to have a best friend like you for over a decade. Uh, you've been there for me through the best and worst times, and I'm so thankful. Even though we live states apart, we're still able to share things together like the McElroy podcasts, Skype games, and random silly text messages. Love you always. Love, Kelly. To Justine. <laughs> Stop it. I just... Did you see... I saw that movie in theaters. That... <laughs> See, that's something you would have put on your survey. And I, then they would have put me in a fucking, like, garbage truck as it drove by outside, as it passed by. <laughs> they would say, there's no room for you here. Out of the 40,000 other people here, nobody said I watched and enjoyed the movie from Justin to Kelly. Oh, so you enjoyed it? Can we not do this right now? Who did you go with? Did you go with your fam? No. I don't want to get into it Did right now. Did you go now. on a date? I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it right now. I don't want to get into it right now. <laughs> Justine, Kelly, I'm so sorry that this is what your message has turned into. <laughs> Hi, I'm comedian Emily Heller. And I'm cartoonist Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. Do you want to learn weird new facts? Do you like hearing successful creative women talk about their poop? Do you want the scoop on Martha Stewart's pony? If you answered yes to any of these questions, our show is for you. We interview people like Paul F. Tompkins, Kristen Shaw, Michael Che, and more. So check us out on Maximum Fun. And let us mess up your brain. Yes, please. <laughs> Uh, episode two slash episode one, since the marriage special was technically not episode one. Slash episode parts of three slash parts of two, because we really didn't get all the way through these, gang. Uh, so the next episode is time for Dr. Pepper to share uh, with the people that have been matched that they are now engaged. <laughs> uh, and so... Dr. Pepper, I guess I should say that each of the experts has their own little mission. Uh, so Dr. Pepper visits Anthony and Ashley and tells them that they have found a husband or wife. Can we role play this and you be Dr. Dr. Pepper and okay. I will be Ashley and Anthony. And I will literally try my very best to sort of convey the emotion experienced by these real humans when a television personality has informed them that they will be married in 14 days to a person that they have not and will not meet until the event this is about what we got uh anthony i am excited to let you know that we have found you a wife what wow 
<laughs> like fucking holy shit almost well, almost the a camera cl- crew is there they know something's going on obviously they know something's going on uh i don't know how to tell you this but uh i don't want to put it off any longer you're engaged really wow i think it's fun so when the the woman that does the sexology screening goes to cody to tell cody that he's been selected uh she tells him he's going to be a husband <laughs> Wow, I'll, I'll, a husband? Cool. All right, yeah, let's do it. Forever dude and 14 days marrying a stranger. Oh, whoa, shoot, crazy. All right, <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, even wilder is that from that moment on, they have two weeks until the wedding. So things are moving fast at this point. They obviously, we got some... We got some prepackaged stuff going on here, huh? right? It's sort of uh, like one of those kids' books where it's like you fill in the names of the kids and then they go on like a little space adventure. It was very much like, you know, you're going to, we're going to just sort of drop Ashley and Anthony into this wedding we had pre made. Otherwise, two weeks is like nothing, right? Yeah. Well, so, and that's kind of what you see next. So, first, everybody has to tell their families. And I would say overall, everybody's family is really supportive. Except for Nate's mom doesn't love it. And, yeah, and she um, says, here's what she says. She says, it's not what I wanted for my son, which that seems okay. And Nate's fiance, whose name I cannot remember. Sheila. Sheila. Uh, her friends are like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You can't do this. This is pretty dumb. Yeah, a lot of people, they really wanted that in-person chit-chat, I guess, because Anthony says, my family's in Michigan. It's really hard for them to come out. So we just see Anthony talk to all of his friends. And there's a bit where like one of his dude friends is like, you know, you can't have all those dating apps on your phone anymore. And so he like pulls out his phone and deletes all the apps and throws his phone over his shoulder. Yeah. And Anthony. He's gregarious. He's gregarious. Uh, And then we go straight from telling families into wedding prep. And so we get to see all the brides trying on dresses and all of the grooms trying on suits. Uh, there is another good Anthony thing here where he goes to the ring store and is buying a ring and they're like, well, tell me everything about her. And he's like, oh, I haven't and will not meet her until the event. And they say, you don't know anything about her? And he says, she's a ring size seven. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. It's fun. All right, Anthony. Um, and I was telling Griffin, like, for example, we find out Sheila is trying on dresses six days before the wedding. And I said, this doesn't work. Like most bridal stores do not have stock on hand in your size. You have to try on whatever they have and then they order it and it takes a while. So I'm not exactly sure how they swung this. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of stuff like that. All of the dudes go tuxedo shopping, I think at the same store and they're just like, I want to I would just want a white tuxedo. I just want a night just a good one. It is it's pretty wild how different that experience was for me and for you it sounds like cuz I yeah. literally just went into a tux rental shop and tried on I think two things. I was like this is good. Well, there's no pressure for you to like bring a bunch of friends and yeah, have I think this just, like was, moment I think where it was just me and Justin and we where your friends like tear up and say that's the one. Yeah, there were no snacks at my thing really at all. You didn't get a glass of champagne. No, they really just wanted me in and out so they could like, because I think it was like homecoming season. And so like, I was not their big business right now. Did they measure you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they uh, go all the way up to the, the anthropology? anthropology? Yeah, they got it. And they, yeah, they did. Because I noticed, I noticed at our wedding day. That my suit rode right up into my butthole. <laughs> yeah. 
I work hard for these glutes and I just want folks to see them because I'm proud mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Also, they were having a sale that day and they wanted to, to advertise. <laughs> advertise? Yeah. Like show off the storefront, uh-huh. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next up, bachelor and bachelorette parties. Uh, Griffin wanted to make sh- sure that I wrote uh, a note that Sheila had a very large cake shaped like a penis. And I said, I think I'll remember. Uh, yeah, you'd remember this one. It's, I'm thinking about it. I don't know that I've ever seen a, a PP cake in person in the, f- in, in the frosting. Um, Me neither. I was not expecting it to be quite this large or they were, they pixelated it because this is lifetime. This is, you know, family TV. Um, but I could still see, you know, the glands and the, <laughs> yeah. The tippy tip and the, the vein and the hole, the hole at the <sighs> end. And I could see everything. I could see all of it, all of the, all of the different, uh, beautiful, uh, pieces of, of God's great design. Well, I mean, I feel like the cake, I mean, that's about the size they are usually, right? Like that's about, that's about the size. Of a of, of a of a penis wing, of a wingling, yeah. Like I, I thought, like oh, yeah. how nice that they had a cake that was, yeah, it was, was sur- the right size. I was surprised because you know you think about a wingling and you just say like, no way they could make a cake out of that. It'd be way too much frosting and flour and egg and oil. What are we doing, babe? <laughs> I don't know. What are um, we doing, babe? Anyway, anyway, so, I just didn't think the cake would be that big or detailed. And I thought it was exactly the right size. This is like our conversation about the bachelor and bachelorette engagement rings. It is. You never, you never say, oh, that cake's too well, big. Well, I would never say the words, <laughs> wow, Neil Lane made that dick way too gaudy. <laughs> Neil Lane made a really gaudy dick cake. I've never seen it. I've never seen a dick cake in the frosting, but I don't think if I ever saw one that was like really well made, I would say like, that's a tasteful uh neil lane's really into the halo dicks this yeah season. he likes a princess cut dick mm-hmm. uh and then we get the uh after the bachelor and bachelorette parties they are nate got fucking buck wild it seems like a little bit yeah he had a a vehicle uh in which there was a exotic dancer uh and they were all drinking with the dancer uh it seemed like a rowdy party on the flip side we saw anthony who went to a what looked like a beer pong bar with his friends and had a very quiet night. And in. Griffin was like, that's the one I want. Yeah, that would be my jam. Uh, I mean, we went to Top Golf for part of my bachelor party, which is kind of the same thing, I think, a little bit. And so then we see them getting ready. They're writing vows and then they are exchanging gifts, uh, which I thought was kind of a nice opportunity because this is the first clue they have about who their partner is going to be. And my favorite. Uh, was Anthony, who thought he was being really considerate. He gave Ashley five almonds, and each was to signify a hope for their marriage, like prosperity and fertility. And This is a thing, I and think, love. right? I'm not familiar with it. And so it's a tiny little bag of Jordan almonds, and he writes this little note explaining what each almond symbolizes. And then he opens his gift from Ashley, and she gave him two football tickets. It was funny, though, because when he was opening it up, he, he like, opened up this letter that had the football tickets, and he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And one of his friends said, what, did you get you six Jordan Almonds? It's <laughs> <laughs> good. So gregarious, Anthony. You know, you, you know what I'm thinking about? You know who he'd be perfect to marry? I just feel like I know somebody who's just, like, per- loves almonds, <laughs> has football tickets. 
just would be perfect to marry him forever for mm-hmm. life. Um, so we watched that, and then there's like a teaser building up into the next one of like all of the grooms walking down the aisle, and then like who's going to come out the door? Griffin really wanted to watch the next episode so he could see the the moment where they see each other, and it was kind of anticlimactic. We watched it, and it was just kind of like oh. Yeah, well, to be fair, we watched two of them, and then we, like, literally couldn't sit through the same fucking PayPal commercial again (laughs) uh, without tearing our hair out. But I really wanted to see the magic and witness the magic. Um, And we, uh, and so we skipped the remaining episodes and yeah, just looked up the outcomes. We just looked at the outcomes. I think, I think we both kind of realized, like, this show is kind of like this it kind of reminded me of when we were like oh we'll watch one episode of the bachelorette canada and we we're like well no this is like an you know there's an arc to it so we should watch all of it i think there was an arc to this and maybe we didn't give it exactly a fair shot because we didn't didn't invest the seven hours plus four hours of paypal commercials needed <laughs> to ingest the whole thing but i wasn't about to do that for married at first sight um at the end this was really weird um Apparently, Ashley and Anthony just, like, gangbusters, crushing it, very in love. Still married, very happy. Very, yeah, just crazy about each other. They get a lease together, everything's going well, and then there's apparently a decision room eight weeks in where you decide whether or not you want to get married or stay married, and they were like, yep, let's go. Uh, And then Nate and Sheila apparently had a very sort of uh, ups and downs relationship. I'm going off of, like, one recap, one very short recap I read. Um, but they ultimately decide to stay together as well. And Cody, Cody and, and Danielle, Dan- who are both the country gym enthusiasts. Uh, apparently they just never really hit it off. There's not like much of a spark there. There's a lot of conversation about like lack of uh, sex and that that is an issue for Cody and a frustration for Danielle. And they also decide to stay married at the end of the eight weeks, which is kind of, I guess, higher than average for this show, all three couples stay together. I looked it up because I was like looking at like who's still married from Married at First Sight, uh, season five. And what what is kind of wild about that is I like Googled that and one of the results was like an examiner article, I think it was from three days ago that was uh Cody and Danielle still going strong. And it was like an interview with them about it. And then today, like Earlier today, the day that we were recording this, they actually announced that they are getting divorced uh, after one year. Uh, and they put out a joint statement saying, like, we thank this show for teaching us how to love again, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But that was weird that, like, we have yeah. never watched this show and we watched it for this podcast episode. Yeah, the day we decide. The day we decide to do it, one of the, the couples splits yeah. up. Uh, but apparently the other two couples are still still going on strong. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think... The concept of the show still is like, it's way too self-serious. It's a social experiment with lots of data science, with expert scientists and sociologists and everybody's perfect at their jobs, picking a marriage forever. And like, nah, come on, y'all. I, you know, this is going to sound crazy. Part of me kind of gets it. It depends what you want out of a marriage. If you are just having difficulty finding somebody who shares your interests and feels the same way about commitment. And this show is offering you an opportunity that they will do all the work and they will, I'm guessing, pay for your wedding, pay for your honeymoon, and then provide you with, quote, experts to kind of help you in the beginning stages of the relationship. I don't know. doesn't sound that crazy to me. 
Uh, I mean, agree to disagree. I th- I think I'm mostly I'm I'm talking about like the structure of the show. This show is very much into this is a huge, enormous responsibility that we have to be very serious about. We really have to do a good job and we're going to do science to it to make sure that everything really lands. And at the same time that they're saying that, and this is the same sort of dissonance that like Bachelor, especially Bachelor in Paradise, uh, traditionally has cashed in on all the time, which is like, this is a serious quest for love. And it's the, the ramifications are extremely serious while also building the entire show around the novelty of what they're doing yeah without like it doesn't acknowledge that novelty but at the same time like it's all about that fucking novelty i will say though the show seems to be their emphasis seems to be more on marriage than on love you know that's a weird yeah absolutely because like they have there's one bit in episode two where they're talking about like ooh, do i kiss them when they come down the aisle like uh apparently like cody and uh danielle in the last episode say like you know there's just a foundation here that i would i think we deserve a chance to really explore and it's like you're married you're married and you've been married for two months you're married and that's like a i don't know i was telling griffin how refreshing it would be to watch one of these shows and just once have somebody going on the show say hey and if it doesn't work out we'll get divorced and, you know, I mean, it'll happen or it won't. But every single time people are like, you know, like, this this is going to be forever. It's important to me. I only want to do this once. It would just be nice one time to see somebody be like, hey, you know what? If it doesn't work out, no, we'll get divorced. You know, it's a TV marriage, whatever. Yeah. Well, I think, like, the biggest thing for me coming away from it that is still so shocking is that 40,000 people tried out for it. Is that just because it's a television? Like, I I can't, that is such an enormous fucking mass of humanity to do this thing that is a, ultimately a televised novelty marriage experiment. I wonder if the first season, like what the application level was, like if it's just kind of picked up steam or stayed constant, I don't know. But, But the other thing is like stretched out, telling these three stories over the course of an entire, like, I think eight, actually, episode season. From a viewing perspective, I thought it was, like, a little slow. I don't think you and I are going to keep watching it after we're, yeah, we're done Yeah, I mean, there, you're definitely curious. Like, I found myself curious about how this would work out for these people. But it does, like, they, they spend so much time touting their expertise. And it's like, that's not why I'm watching this show. I'm not kidding when I say maybe half. Maybe a third of episode two is a recap of what happened in episode one. It was really, really tough to watch. Um, and also all those fucking PayPal commercials. Holy shit. Yeah, this is we're watching it through the app. There's one PayPal commercial where there's a uh, a man and a woman sitting in a car and they're, it looks like they're getting ready for a road trip and they're in Brooklyn, I think, and this young guy like runs out of a brownstone, runs up to the car, and the woman leans over and locks the door. And then she like rubs her fingers together like money, and then he pulls out his phone and PayPal's her or her friend money, and then he shows them the PayPal receipt on the phone. And then she checks with the guy and makes sure that he got it on his phone, and then she unlocks the car to let his friend in. And it was like... That whole exchange was so gross. <laughs> that whole exchange. What you just did was so fucking disgusting. And PayPal is like, now use our service. <laughs> what? Uh, anyway. Anyway. It's just this capitalist hellscape, babe. I know, Griffin. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Rose Buddies. Should we see what we're going to do next week? We have an idea for next week. And... 
it's sort of contingent on, uh, again, we should talk about this. We are going to be moving away from uh, the Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise and changing some stuff up in terms of like what we do here on the show. Probably going to change the name of the show just to prepare you for that, but it is going to stay on and this. And the theme song. And the Sorry, theme guys. song. Sorry, everybody. And uh, it, it's going to stay on this podcast feed, so you shouldn't experience any interruption there. Um, if you don't like that new direction, you want to bail, we totally get it. You Please, please understand that this is a decision that we have been struggling with that like we ultimately think is the right one and one that is going to make us much much happier personally speaking doing these last two episodes has been like fun it's been really fun talking about these bad television shows with you uh in a way that like bachelor and bachelorette stopped being so uh we'll keep you informed but next week i think what we're going to do is design a reality dating show and I think this yeah. might be a mistake because I think we're really going to be trying to put our money where our mouth is. Right, we wanted to do something kind of cumulative over the the length of the podcast. And we thought we have watched a lot of shows at this point. And in some ways, we are experts. Oh, man. With lots of scientific <laughs> data to back up. Yeah. Uh, so we thought we would kind of culminate our work uh, by taking some of the best parts and creating the ideal show. So look for it on ABC Family next fall, whatever we generate. I'm sure it's going to be a real hit. Yeah, executives should probably listen in. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing next week. And then I think maybe the week after that, we yeah, might be doing something new. Switch. So we will keep you informed in that as we sort of transition over. And we hope you'll stick with us. Hey, thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. You can go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great shows that they've got on their shows like Lady to Lady and One Bad Mother and Oh No, Ross and Carrie and Pop Rocket, Pop Rocket and Stop Podcasting Yourself, a bunch of great shows. Uh, we have other shows that we do on the network. You can go to macroyshows.com and check all those out. We just wrapped up, uh, wrapped up a, the adventure zone, our first campaign yeah, there. Congratulations. That's, thank baby. you. That's one I do with me and my, uh, brothers and my dad that, uh, we've been doing for about three years for the same story. We just finished it and I'm really, really proud of it. So if you haven't listened to that, it's you excellent. Should, you should and I have no enthusiasm in particular for Dungeons and Dragons, but I enjoyed every up. Thank you, mate. Uh, I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Tyler, next time, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Final Rose. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right pieces. Right pieces. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Mugs, shirts, stickers, patches, tanks, and more are yours for the purchasing at MaxFunStore.com. Hey, you already love the podcasts, so why not take this to the next level and outfit your home and bod with our merch? MaxFunStore.com. Because if you have to wear a shirt, it should be one of ours.